Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Word. How many have ever heard that? If you just say the word, that's what we're going to preach about this morning. Say the word. Just say the word. Matthew chapter 8, if you get there in your Bibles. I want to preach a message that I really believe is going to benefit us. Really, really went over well in the first service. I believe we're going to see fruit from it. As we continue in the series about being a disciple, I'm not preaching just to anybody here this morning. I'm preaching to people who want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. People who want to, who want to be a student of who Jesus is. And people who want to live like Jesus lives, talk like Jesus talked, and walk like Jesus walked. That's God's call for us this morning. It's not just to say we showed up at a church service or carried a Bible in our hands. It's to live the life that God has called us to live. And, and so we have realized this morning that this book that we have in our hands is so vital and so important. It is our manual. And when we begin to live according to this right here, things line up and things work. When we get away from this thing, that's when problems happen. And so I believe by the time this message is over, you'll be challenged, you'll be encouraged, and faith will arise in you. And I want to show you one of the most awesome stories in the Bible about faith and about the Word of God. Uh, this, is a, this is a man, centurion, soldier, who has a very sick child. And there's a key word in here that I want you to see, and we're going to start reading in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. How many know Jesus is always willing? And the centurion answered, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Here's the key. We're going to leave this up there for a second. I want you to focus on this this morning. He says, but only speak a word. Only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. He, he, there's so much power in this right here, and I want us to get this. A disciple of Jesus Christ understands and begins to understand and begins to learn the power of the word of God. Okay? The, God's word is not man written about God. It is God's word written about man. It is God's word of a manual for our lives. And we, we, a disciple, again, is somebody who begins to understand that this isn't just a popular book, but it's a book that has the answers to every question, has the solution to every problem. Everything we can possibly need in our lives is in this. And this centurion, this is what's important, this centurion had a revelation. He had a revelation. Something clicked in his, when he said these words, something happened in his spirit and he, he saw and understood that the Word was standing right in front of him. Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is the verb. He is the Word. And so that centurion did not see a man. He saw the Word. He saw God. And he understood that if he spoke to that Word and said the Word... And he said if Jesus would say the word and be the word that he is, his, his servant would be healed. And so he says, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Next verse, verse 9. And I, for I am, now this is important. Authority is so important. We must understand the authority that we have in God. 
many people who are Christians, remember we were talking about this in the series, Christians don't understand their authority. Disciples do. Disciples understand authority. Christians don't. We're trying to become disciples in this place. We're trying to be people who understand how to use the word. So in this revelation, he, he gets this, this light bulb comes on, and, he, and he, he speaks these words, I am a man under authority. Now this is important, under authority. God's given me some stuff in this, already in this first five minutes. I didn't get in the first one. I'm getting a little download here. Authority. I've been talking about being one and making one. You're always going to be being a disciple. You're always going to be making a disciple. You're always going to have someone over you. You're always going to have somebody under you. Amen. This man understood. I am a man under authority. He, he knows I have to give my accountability to somebody. And I have somebody who's under accountability to me. That's the be one and the make one. You're constantly, I'll say this again, you're constantly being discipled. You're constantly learning from somebody and then you should be, if you're a disciple, then you should be now teaching others what you're learning. So you're becoming a disciple and you're making a disciple. And this man is having this revelation right here in the scriptures. I say to the one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. What you're seeing in these scriptures is that there's an authority in God's word that can come through us and make things happen if we understand the authority. If we understand who the word is. If we understand what the answer is. And Jesus heard this. And I don't know about you, but I, this is my goal. I want to marvel Jesus like this man marveled Jesus. Does anybody else in here want to have the kind of faith that makes the creator of the universe turn his head? That makes the creator of the universe notice you. This is amazing. How, how can you marvel God? Yet this man, God says, this man, he said he heard it and he marveled. He, Jesus said, wow. And he said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. I want every single one of us to marvel Jesus with our faith. I want us to marvel Jesus with our understanding of the word. I want him to be looking on Denton, Texas, on this church and saying, man, there is so many people in that church who understand authority. There's so many people in that church who understand the word of God. There's so many people in that church who know me and know how to use my word. I, I'm marveling. I want God to marvel on our faith. I want, him, I want him to look in this place and not see just a believer, just somebody who shows up to church. I want him to see disciples children of God. Amen? It was marvelous. He said, I say you many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And the son, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out, of, out, of, out into outer, outer darkness and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, watch this, go your way for as you have believed, as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And watch what happened. At that very hour, his servant was healed. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for every man, woman, teenager in this place this morning. I pray nobody is going to leave the same way they came in. I pray for a revelation. I pray for the word of God to come alive in this place this morning. I pray that you'd speak to us, transform us, and change us this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Now write this down if you would. I've, I've said this before, but this is so, so important and so powerful to get this. Say the word. 
How many have dealt with circumstances this week? Let me see your hands. Any kind of circumstances? Circumstances is life. Okay? Bills, sickness, marital problems, doubts, fears, accidents, whatever. Circumstances. If you don't get anything else in this message, get this. Circumstances never can and never will affect God's word. Never. There's no problem so horrendous, so bad, so hopeless that can affect God's word. Nothing. We, we might sometimes think, man, this is so bad. There's no answer. There's no way out. We might look at world problems and say, this is just horrible. No circumstances, none, affect God's word. Zero. It says the flowers will fade away. It says heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will live forever. The word of God is not affected by your circumstances. But watch this. Your, the word of God will affect your circumstances. The circumstances cannot and will not affect the Word of God, but the Word of God can and will affect your circumstances. How many believe that this morning? It's a fact, and that's what I want to teach us this morning, that if we will apply the Word and speak the Word, it will affect our circumstances. It will change our circumstances. Because what we do wrong is we talk about the circumstances. We, we acknowledge the circumstances. We talk about the problems. But God doesn't want us to talk about the problems. God wants us to talk to the problems. He wants us to talk to the circumstances. He wants us to talk to the situation. But he doesn't want us to talk in manly wisdom. He wants us to talk his word. He wants us to speak his word. Now, there's one thing that I'm going to throw out this morning that can affect the word of God. But it's not a circumstance. It's an attitude. And it's doubt. It's a thought. The only way that this word can be affected is your doubt. Or your lack of faith in the word of God. Faith is what makes the word of God come alive. Romans 10, 17 says this. Faith comes by coming to church. Is that what it says? Faith comes by being a good person. Faith comes by carrying a Bible in your hand, in your, in your car, and at work. Faith comes by hearing and hearing what social media says. Hearing what the neighbor says. Hearing what the doctor says. Hearing what the bill says. No. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the word of God comes. When I hear the word of God, I eliminate doubt. I, I, I believe what his word says over what my circumstance says. Uh, we have to have faith, listen, roaring so loud in our lives that we cannot hear doubt. Have you ever heard somebody say, I ain't hearing that. I'm not, hearing, I'm not trying to hear that. That's what we need to do to doubt. I'm not trying to hear that doubt. I'm going to fill myself up with the word of God. I'm going to speak the word of God. The word of God is going to be so loud and prevalent in my life that I can't hear doubt. Doubt cannot be a part of my life. Because that's the only thing that can keep this Bible right here from coming alive in your life. From transforming your life. From transforming your marriage. From transforming your finances. From transforming your family. From transforming your school, your city, your house, your neighborhood. It's only doubt. But we can have faith that comes by the word of God and hearing the word of God. 
So what I'm trying to teach you this morning is to take a word or take a situation and speak the word of God to it. And watch what happens. I'm going to give you a few examples this morning. And there's way too many to go over them all. I'm just going to give you a few. Some might go straight to you. I believe the Holy Spirit led me to some of them. Some might be exactly what you're going through this morning. Some might not be. You might have something else. But the principle is the same. Here's a word. Direction. I'm going to need direction in your life. Now, I'm not talking about brushing your teeth. I'm not talking about putting on deodorant or taking a shower. We don't need the Holy Spirit to tell us to do those things. Amen? Those are things we should do, right? I thought I'd get a better amen on that. I thought, I thought I'd see somebody nudge someone next to them or look around. Good job, guys. You did good. Everybody was like, I really want to look at somebody right now, but I'm not going to. That was good. You did good. You passed the test. I'm talking about direction and the things of God and direction and decisions that we make. And we need to have the leading of the Holy Spirit. So here's what the Bible says in Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so, so, so God's word is what leads us and guides us and directs us. Okay? God's word. Don't raise your hand, but think about this. How many times do we make decisions based on our feelings, based on our circumstances, based on many other things, and sometimes the last, if ever, thing we, we do to, to get the direction in our life is look into the Word of God. Now, I'm going to make a statement that's a little bit hard, but it's very true and very necessary, and I believe it will help us. How I many know when God's, when God's doing surgery on us with His Word, it hurts? Surgery hurts, but then the healing comes. If you, listen to this, if you are ignorant of God's word, you will be ignorant of God's will. You cannot be in the will of God if you don't understand God's word. Too many people say, I don't know what God wants me to do. And God says, I want you to read my word and you'll find what my will is for you. You cannot be, and when I say ignorant, I don't mean that in the ignorant, dumb way. I mean, you're not reading your Bible. You're not studying the scriptures. You're not doing what a disciple should do, which is know how to rightfully divide the word of truth. That's what this series has been about. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get I'm still here? Amen. amen. So we, we can't be ignorant of his word. If we are ignorant of his word, we're going to be ignorant of what his will is and what his direction is. So his word is the lamp unto my feet. We live in a dark world. We're, darkness is all around us, and so we need the word. And, and here's where we have to understand in this world we live in where so many morals are being changed and so many principles are being changed and so many things are changing, God's word doesn't change. It's the same yesterday. It's the same today. It's the same forever. Amen. How many are thankful that God hasn't changed his word? I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I don't have to try to figure it out again. It's the same word. It's the same yesterday. It's the same 2,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, 5,000 years in the future. It's the same. It hasn't changed. It won't change. Man tries to change it, but God hasn't changed it. So I get, this is the lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Protection. How many need protection? Protection from danger. Protection from the enemy. Protection from accidents. Protection from all kinds of different things. What I'm trying to teach you is we need to begin to get to where we speak God's word in prayer. Psalms 91, 11 and 12. Look what this says. Protection. Psalms 91, 11 and 12. He shall give his angels charge over you. To keep you in all your ways. To keep you in all your ways. 
In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Well, think about this. This kind of works hand in hand. What you're going to realize as a disciple is as you're growing and you're balanced in your walk with God, things begin to work together. Notice that it's in the same scripture of protection. It goes back to direction. If I ask him to protect me, he will, but he says to keep you in all your ways, but he can't protect me if I'm not in his way. If I get out of his will, that's where I lose protection. A lot of people say, God, I want you to protect me, but they don't want to be in God's will. A lot of people say, Lord, help me, and they cry out to God, but they're not walking in his ways. So when you're walking in his ways, you can know that he's going to direct you and he's going to protect you. We should be saying this every day. Hopefully you're praying this over your kids, praying this over the church, praying this over me, praying this over your family. Lord, send your angels. We give charge. You give charge to them over us to protect us and keep us from danger. How many need a healing in this place? You know, it's, it's, as, as good as God is and as much as God moves in our lives, there's always sickness. There's always disease. We live in a fallen world. There's pain. There's headaches. There's migraines. There's cancers. There's tumors. There's stomach ulcers. There's all kinds of things that we have in our lives, and we need healing. We can speak that healing word from God and speak it to God, and it says in Psalms 107, look what it says, verse 20. Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent, watch this, he sent his, who's the word? He sent Jesus and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So if we need healing in our body, we're going to pray at the end of this service for healing. We're going to pray at the end of this service for direction. We're going to pray at this end of the service for protection. All the, for, for all these things that we need, we can pray them. But what I'm trying to teach you is that we need to learn how to speak God's word. You might have marriage problems. You might need a better marriage. Everybody needs a better marriage. There's no perfect marriage in here. Even if you have a good one, you can be better. Thank you for that one lonely amen. How many would like a better marriage? Honey, raise your hand. She's putting something in her purse. And if you have a good marriage, you're going to have a better marriage. If you have a bad marriage, it can get better. It can get fixed. But we have to know what his word says. His word says in Ephesians 4, 2, be completely humble and patient and bearing with one another in love. Now watch where we're kind of going with this. We're reading these scriptures, but the one thing we have to understand is as we read these scriptures, God expects us to do something too. He's involving us. Like when it comes to marriage, he's asking us to be Humble and gentle and long-suffering. Like men, you can't say, hey, uh, you know, I, I, I probably should get my wife some flowers sometime and not do it. It's bad. Like have the thought, put it in action. Definitely don't go and say, honey, I just want you to know I thought about today getting you flowers. <laughs> some people would do that. Not good. We can't just think about these things in the Word. We have to apply them. Right? We have to put them into action. We have to do something with it. And, and that's kind of how life is. Um, one more verse there, First Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Above all, 
love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. So in marriage, we can speak those things, but we don't just speak them, we have to do them. To be doers of the word. But what I'm trying to teach you here is that we have to take God's word and speak it over our situation. You don't just sit there and tell God about how bad your marriage is. Don't just sit there and tell the Lord, man, God, I wish I had a better wife. I wish I had a better husband. Because then you're going to get the answer back from God. Well, I wish you were a better son. I wish you were a better daughter. What are you doing? Right? It's, it's two ways, always. Instead of me praying, Lord, change my wife, God says, change you. And so there's a two-way street in discipleship. God's working on me, and I'm letting him work on me. And I'm, and I'm praying for my wife. I'm praying for a better marriage. Or, but I'm also saying, Lord, I'm going to apply, apply your word and speak it, but I'm also going to do it. It's two things happening at once. I know nobody in here needs this next one because I know everybody has more than enough finances. But I'm just going to use this as an example. I know everybody in here has plenty of money and way too much, actually. And you're looking for places to give it. But if you had money problems, when you have a bill that's facing you, we just had an awesome testimony Wednesday about that tax situation. Tax situation just totally disappeared. What you do is you start seeing how when you're faithful in things with God, God is faithful with you. And as you begin to become to be a disciple and God begins to start changing your life and you start, watch this, applying the word to your life, it's somehow by luck, it just, you get lucky and things just start falling into place. It's an amazing thing. I was paying attention, don't worry. But that, right? It's, it's not luck. You, you start doing what God tells you to do, and you stay in it long enough, stay in this walk long enough, you start seeing the favor of God. I need to preach that message again sometime. I preached that a bunch of years ago. Fog, favor of God. Where his favor's chasing you. His blessings all around you. You ever hear people say, I want God's blessings, and I see that person blessed, and we talked about this last week. When you see somebody blessed, it's not that they don't have circumstances. It's not that they don't have problems. Sometimes we can think, man, they're just so, they're just so blessed. And in other words, we might in the back of our mind be thinking, they're just so lucky. Right? Don't we think that? So they're just so, they're just, they're just, they're just lucky. They're, they're just, whatever you want to say, that's not the case. It's that they have learned to apply the word of God to their circumstances. And the blessings just seem to somehow follow those kind of people. So let's look at Philippians 4. Many would know 19, but look what 18 says. This is, this is kind of the meat of the message right here. Get this. He says, indeed, I have all and abound. I'm full. See, this is an attitude. And, 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 and this is kind of going to be bring, bring everything home right here, okay? This is tying it all together. When you have God, I almost preached a message this morning about putting God first, but it's getting thrown in there anyways. When you have God as first in your life, and he's the desire of your heart, and he's more important than money, and he's more important than family. Yeah, family. And he's more important than your job. And he's more important than anything else in your life. You get to a place where you say, I have all. I am blessed. I am full. I abound. And that's where God wants us to be. 
He wants us to be that way regardless of our circumstances. Because then you're living a life. Oh, this is so good. You're living a life that is not based on what you're going through. You're living a life that's based on who he is. Oh, that's good. And that's all, that's the Holy Spirit, it's not me, trust me. But he's preaching to me too. When I, when I got it right, my life is good because I'm not, I'm not like, well, I'll be happy this week if, if the rent gets paid, or I'll be happy this week if I get a raise. I'll be happy this week if it's good with the kids. I'll be happy this, nope. I'm full. I am bound. Indeed, I have all. And if I don't get anything else, see, money's just a blessing. Money's just an extra. All these other things are just added. Isn't that what he said? I mentioned that Wednesday. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Too many people want the added first, but they haven't sought God yet. But a disciple begins to understand that my fullness and my happiness is in Jesus, in the Word. And when I get to that place, then I open up the door for the blessings of God. For the finances, for the marriage, for the joy, for the protection, for all these things that I'm praying for. So he says, having received from Aphrodite the things sent from you. I want to say something about things. How many realize in this place that something that would be a desire of my heart for me personally that's not spiritual would be totally different than a desire that you have that's not in your heart that's not spiritual? We all have desires. That has nothing to do with spirituality. It's just a desire. Whatever it is, everybody has different things. And God wants to fulfill those things in a way where he's, you see the intimacy that he has with you. How many are still with me? So he says, the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Now, we've, we read that verse, but watch the next one. This is the one we know which is my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How many have heard that verse before? We hear it at the offering all the time. It's a great verse. God's going to supply my needs. But God says, first, the verse before, I'll supply your needs and your needs will be more than enough when I'm more than enough. Without your needs being met. Everything else just becomes a blessing and an extra. Little things, sometimes little things. I, I'm just as excited, personally, about the little blessings as I am the big ones. And to be honest with you, I'm going to tell you this. I'm actually more excited about the little ones than the big ones. Because the big ones might be lucky. Thank you for that great lead-in. I didn't mention the word lucky in the first service at all. It might be lucky that things happen when it's a big thing. Like I was driving down the road the other day and I had told Kristen, I have to, we, we got a new house and, and I have a workshop that I turn into a man cave. And I love to build. Anybody that knows that, I love to build. I love to remodel. So I've had fun building this man cave just little by little. And it's a little old workshop outside away from the house. It's a literal man cave. It's not in the house. Because the house isn't big enough for a man cave. And, I, and Jimmy, I couldn't say this in the first service because he was sitting here. I, I, Dave and Brown about our house and, and I felt led to, to give him my couches and leave my couches in the man cave for him. I wanted to bless him. 
So I went to my new house without couches. I get out there, and the first day I get out there, Jimmy shows up in a truck with a trailer with couches. Puts them in, in my man cave. And I love the couches, but I'm in there by myself most of the time. So I just told Kristen, just, I didn't pray about it. I just told Kristen, man, I'd like to have a recliner. So I could sit in it by myself and I could put my feet back. And it was just a desire in my heart. Y'all following me? It wasn't a prayer. It wasn't a need. It was just a desire that I wasn't even really thinking about. So I'm driving home one day about two weeks ago. And there's a furniture store about five miles from our house. Five miles seems a long ways, but when you live 50, five's not much. It's close. So we're close to the house, and I see this recliner sitting out on the road. It's big and wide and beautiful, and it caught my eye. So I turned around and went back and had a big old piece of paper on. I'm thinking, it's outside. It must be on clearance. I get out, and the paper says, free, take me. And I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, I'm looking around like this can't, it's got to be some cameras or something, because this is like too nice. It's suede. It's beautiful. There's no tears. It's perfect. I'm swiveling it. I'm moving it. So I go inside the furniture store, and I said, sir, is this a joke? He goes, no. He says, someone just came in and bought a brand new recliner, and I put that out there. He says, take it. Load it up on your truck and take it. So I got a $700 recliner for free. See, see what I'm saying? The little things like that that I'm not even asking for, that it's not a need. I had a couch, but I, it was in my heart, and God wants to bless me like that with favor, not luck, because I'm so full of Him. He's so first in my life that He blesses me with things I'm not even asking for. I'm a, I, when I, and I'm not saying any of this that I'm doing it perfectly. I'm just saying the principles I'm applying to my life and God is, is really first in my life, and I love him with everything that I am. He's my breath. And listen to this. Here's a, here's a good quote. We'll close with this. God's word is not just to be heard and repeated. God's word. See, God's not a genie. When, gen, when God stops being a genie for you and starts being Lord, you'll see amazing things happen in your life. He's not a genie. He's not saying, well, I, I got a need, Lord. And, and you rub the Bible a little bit and it pops out and says, I'll give you three wishes. He's not Aladdin. He's God. So when you start looking at him as God, and Lord, and Master, and Savior, and, and thankful for what he's done for you, and not just using his word and repeating it, but you start breathing it, and living it, and applying it, that's when something happens. I know all over this place right now, I'm looking across and I'm seeing your heads nod because I know a lot of you have started to see what the application of this does to your life application not just believing it but speaking it amen not just believing it but speaking it we have the power in this place to see anything happen any miracle take place if we just believe if we breathe it live it trust it amen is he there okay come up here Brenda come, and mama you come up here too we're going to pray for this boy right now for healing he needs a miracle in his lungs, correct? God knows all the details. But right now, I want you to extend your hands, and we're going to speak God's word. Mama, he already sees, you don't have to face them. He already sees, you don't have to face them. You can face them, yeah. He already sees your faith. 
you're growing. God's growing your faith. He's walking with you. And we're just going to speak his word. I was telling Pastor Mario at the end of the first service, and this is kind of a revelation to me after 27 years of preaching, the pressure's off of us. We don't have any pressure on us. We just speak. We're not supposed to be your problem solver. I'm not your problem solver. When I get a text from you that's difficult, as a father, that hurts me too. And empathy fills me as a father. And I wish I could heal your son. God takes the pressure off me because I can't heal nobody. But I can speak his word. And his word can heal your son. And so it takes the pressure off of us. Church, we have the answer to every problem and every situation in God's word. And all we have to do is tell the people, speak his word. So right now we're going to believe for a miracle. She already had the miracle start because when were, how long down the road was it when you were going to get seen? September. Yeah, let me, hold on. Say, say, say all that again because I, I didn't. Uh, they told us that it was going to be closer to two months out in Dallas and then till they could see him or it was going to be months out in Denton. And while I was on the phone with you, um, they got his paperwork in and somebody called and canceled in Denton and for the heart, the heart doctor. And they were able to get him in for September 4th. Amen, which is next week. So already, already God's healing you, buddy. So we're going to speak his word. Father, right now, he's smiling like crazy. You already know it's happening, huh? Speak the word, and, and you healed our disease. Father, thank you for touching this boy's heart right now and doing a miracle. A miracle, Father, as you see the faith of this mother. That doctor's appointment, God moved up, God, so she can get the testimony that his heart is healed. And Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you right now. In Jesus' name. Father, you've already showed Aspen so much. Continue to show her. Continue to grow her. Continue to build her faith as she today continues to speak your word over his life. In Jesus' name, we thank you that it's done, Father. Amen. Amen. We can't wait to hear a good report. Let's stand this morning, if you would. I believe that at altar right here, God's going to heal some people, some more people. I believe that God's going to protect some people. I believe that God's going to direct some people. I believe that God's going to do some things because his word. How many understand this this morning, the application? Speak it. Not just know it, but speak it. Speak that. So, so maybe I didn't mention anything in this message that you're dealing with. Maybe you're dealing with loneliness. Maybe you're dealing with depression. Maybe you're dealing with um, oppression. Maybe you're dealing with anger. Maybe you're said, I, you just mentioned all the things I'm dealing with. Maybe... I don't know what you're dealing with, but what you need to do today and this week, you've got homework, is you need to go find the Bible verses that speak to that situation, and you need to begin to speak them to God. Somebody might say, God knows it already. What do I speak it to him for? Because it's the application. It's the belief. It said, Lord, your word says in Psalms 107.20 that you sent your word and healed our diseases. You said in your word in Psalm 91 that you'd send your angels to put charge over us and protect us. Oh, when a disciple starts to use the word of God, it scares the devil to hell. I'm going to want to keep the devil in hell where he belongs. 
put him back in hell where he belongs, scares him, makes him run in seven different directions. If you just bow your head and close your eyes, if you're in this place, five seconds quickly, and you're not saved, you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're not born again, Jesus died for you and loves you, has a purpose for you and a plan for you. He wants to change your life this morning. He wants to give you a new, a new, he wants to make you a new creation to give you a new direction. How many in this place would say, Pastor, I've never said a sinner's prayer. I've never put Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. I'm not asking if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking if you have a Bible in your hand. I'm not asking any of those things. I'm asking, do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, as Master, as Savior, as King? If you don't, just say, Pastor, pray for me. Lift your hand up all over this place. I need Jesus this morning. Amen. I need Jesus. Just lift your hand all over this place. I see your hand. How many more? I need Jesus. Maybe you did a prayer at some point in your life, but today you're not in the right place. Today you've gone back to your old ways. You're what the Bible says. You've backslidden. You've, you've, you've changed. You've, you've left God. God hasn't left you, but you've, you've walked away in the opposite direction of where God wants you to go. Maybe you need to come back home today like the prodigal son. If that's you, lift your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me, please. All over this place. Amen. I see your hands. God bless you. Real quickly, before we move into the next place, the next thing, I really feel faith in this place. I really sense that you as a church are starting to get the application of God's word, and it's scaring the devil. I'm telling you, it's making the devil nervous. Because when people start walking like disciples and start using the word of God, which is so powerful, it's dangerous. Revival's here. Revival's not coming. Revival's here. And God wants you to speak it this morning. If you raised your hand for salvation or reconciliation real quick, and you meant that, and you, need, you're not, you don't know where you're going this morning, just step out of the seat to your nearest aisle and come down here real quick. I want to pray for you. Just quit real quick. Just step out and come down and raise your hand for reconciliation or salvation. Just say, I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. I'm going to go and make a statement that I'm getting my life right with God. Amen. Amen. Hands when I can't make you come. I can't make you come. Amen. You got to come on your own. But there's something about stepping out and saying, hey, church, look, I'm going to live for Jesus. Hold me accountable. Amen. I'm going to serve God. Hold me accountable. Amen. Here comes a family right here. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's say this prayer. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. We'll wait five more seconds. You know, we can walk out of here. And someone might not be ready to meet Jesus. Car accident, a heart failure, whatever. I, mean, life, I preached a couple weeks ago, life's quick. It's a vapor. If you're not sure, don't be religious. Give your life to Jesus. Say, I need to change. Many of you in here have done that in the last few, even weeks. It's so exciting. And I'm so glad to see you here. Please keep coming. Please don't be that person that comes in and gets a little blessing of God and then runs away and gets back into the life you used to live and you forget about God, and then the devil blinds you. God, God, you know sometimes, a lot of times, God blesses you on credit. Knowing that your heart's right at that moment, but he needs you to follow it up with decisions. And that's where some of you are at this morning. You need to make sure that you're making the right decisions. Because when the devil gets you, the Bible says he's not playing. Seven times stronger the demons come. And some, some people in here have seen so many blessings that you can't deny what God, you know what I was thinking about the other day? I thought about this, I think yesterday, the day before. If God never did one more thing for me in my whole life, 
Not one thing. I could not stand before God without an excuse of all the things he's already done. Like if he, if, if from this day forward, for the rest of my life, it was nothing but trouble. He's done so much for me already that I could not blame God for anything. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? He's done so much already. It's been so good. Everybody in this place, say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you came down from heaven to live a perfect life and to be the perfect sacrifice for me, a sinner. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross, shed your blood, and then you rose from the dead to defeat death. You ascended into heaven. And right now you're at the right hand of the Father praying for me. I give you my life. I put all my faith, not in anything I can do, but in everything you did. I'm saved by grace. I'm saved because of your love. Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. I accept your sacrifice for my sins. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise. Those decisions are huge this morning. They're big this morning. They're important this morning. They're awesome. Amen. God's using families to touch other families, to invite other families. I'm going to open up the altar real quick, real quick. If I said any of those things that you're dealing with, I want you to come down to this altar and I want you to begin to speak God's word over it. If I said something you didn't have. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.